Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Real Rant, the place where we like to rant about the real stuff. My name is Brendan McGee, and sitting across from me on occasions is the illustrious sexy boy. Who are you, dude? Corey McMwah. <laughs> That was my, I'm sorry, that was my attempt at the inception. <laughs> Wasn't very good. But. You couldn't even hold it down for like a no, couple seconds. No, it, it's ridiculous. Do you want to try it one more time? We'll leave the original No, I like in. it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. All oh, right. yeah. We'll go with that one? Yeah. I'm I'm strong and I'm proud. All right. Well, that, that's totally fine. Um, But yeah, we're doing Inception. Yes. <laughs> I almost wanted to intro this show with like, like, almost like they do when they try to get out of the dream world. So what, like, like play that getting music. pushed over in a chair? No, no, no. <laughs> no, like, play that music where ah, they yes. wake up. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the Edith know, Piaf some, some song. What? Edith Piaf. Edith, Edith Piaf? <laughs> what did she say? That's the lady who sings the song, Edith uh, Piaf. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I obviously don't. I'm not on your level, I guess. You obviously don't know your French music like I do. <laughs> yeah, sorry, not my category. Sorry, dude. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we are doing Inception. And uh, it's pretty exciting. Um, still in, well, we're not in lockdown. We're trying to phase our way out in, over in Canada. It, yeah, it kind of seems like we're moving out of that phase, hopefully soonish. Hopefully. That'd be nice. Yeah. I've got things to do this summer. Don't we um, all? And uh, yeah, I guess all of us have to do it. That was really insensitive. Yeah, how uh, dare you? <laughs> no, I I'm fully I fully support what we're all doing. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a good idea. I just, it it's really wearing on all of us, I think. It, it's getting old. Yeah. You know, it's like that guy who, you know, says the same joke over and over again. You're like, okay, it's not funny anymore. Kind of like me. Yeah. 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 This <laughs> yeah, whole... You looked at me way <laughs> too intently there. <laughs> Um, but anyways, we've got a really special guest this week. Uh, let's throw it over to that guy. Who are you, my friend? Hey, how you doing? It's Peter Rollins here. <laughs> hey, Peter Rollins. Hey, Peter. Hey, hey, hey guys. Hey. <laughs> how's, how's Seattle, Washington doing? Even though we're doing a West Coast, uh, we're doing an East Coast accident <laughs> in the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's like a hot weekend this weekend. It's like 85 degrees today and tomorrow, which... Uh, What's that in uh, Celsius? Because that's the proper way. Uh, to oh, I think you guys are. Well, I, I always try. I always try to translate it this way. Like, think of temperature just like out of a hundred. We're like yeah. in the seventies is like neutral. It's kind of mm. fine. It's kind of warm. It's kind of good. Mm. Uh, yeah. So the eighties is like it's hot. It's like a little uncomfortable. Slightly like a oh, it's it's hot outside. Is the is in the eighties? A little bit of butt sweat. Yeah, uh, just yeah. a hint, just one bead is 85. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I like your interpretation. That makes a lot of sense. But then it's like, well, what happens when you're at zero? Then it's just like, what, are you dead? Like, I don't Yeah, pretty much. I mean, That's the, cold, really cold. the coldest I've been in was eight degrees in Boise, Idaho. Oh, and my that goodness. was like unbearable. <laughs> I don't even know what that is over here. That's probably like negative, like negative twenty three yeah, or something like that. Uh, twenty thirty something. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't do math. Super cold. Yeah. Anyways, it's not, it's not my thing. I don't know anything. Yeah, <laughs> I just I'm not the temperature anything. guy. <laughs> Sorry, we that was our mistake. We thought you were. That was our bad. <laughs> Best I could do was like oh, out of a hundred. Peter Roll is here to talk about the temperature. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why he brought me in. <laughs> um but yeah we decided to do inception it was a it was a good good choice i think we'll 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 kind of get into it why we chose it but i think oh, it's yeah. kind of we've been kind of going on this thing where we're picking films based on like what we're all going through and uh the first one we did was 12 monkeys because it was crazy uh and then we did the martian to represent like social isolation and to the extreme 
And nice. now we're doing Inception because I feel like we're all going a little bit mad. So, yeah, we're all, <laughs> having cra- we're all having crazy dreams. We're all having crazy dreams. And, uh, uh, and I've been told that the reason why we're having that is because of extreme stress. Like, we're all just stressed out and frustrated. That makes sense to me. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I don't know. Or we're living in, like, uh, like some sort of... Someone else's dream. Yeah, or, or we're memory. in somebody else's dream. Yeah. Somebody get a top real quick. I got a dice. Nobody's touched those dice before. Oh. A little bit of tone. Uh, uh. Anyways, uh, let's roll it over to the plugs. As always, you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter. On Instagram, you can find me at Brendan McGee, all one word. And on Twitter, at Brendan underscore McGee. That is B-R-E-A-N-D-A-N underscore M-C-G-H-E-E. And Corey, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram at McEwen 93 very nice, very nice. Peter, where can they find you and all of the stuff that's going on? You know, uh, you can find me Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch, all at Rawless Review. That is R-A-L-L-I-S Review. And that's where you can uh, find little old me. Go find, go find Peter. Go find him. Go get him. Go get him. I'm easy to find. If you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, you could do so at The Real Rant Pod. If you're a fan, filmmaker, or a creator and you'd like to get in touch with us, go ahead and do so. And if you're feeling real jazzy, go ahead and send us an email at therealrantpodcast at gmail.com. Send us something nice, mean, or in between. It's all juicy just the same. And again, if you're a fan, filmmaker, or creator, go ahead and send us a message because we would love to hear from you. If you'd like to follow the show on Instagram, you can go ahead and do so at therealrant, all one word, no spaces, where we post behind-the-scenes photos of what's going on in our lives when we're in front of a microphone and sometimes when we're not. And if you're feeling super awesome, just even more awesome than you might be feeling right now, go ahead and hit that subscribe button because we'd love to have you come back and let us talk into your earlobes. And while you're at it, why not leave a five-star review because... We awesome, you awesome, let's be awesome together, you know? Last but certainly not least, you can go ahead and visit the website at therealrant.com where you can find everything that I've just mentioned up in the top left-hand corner of the homepage. Next time on The Real Rant, we will be discussing Jeff Barnaby's film Blood Quantum. This film was just released recently and is available to own or to rent across all digital and on-demand platforms. Hey, everybody, guess what time it is? What time is it? It's time for the film of the week. <gasps> the film of the week. <gasps> the film of the week. <gasps> Give me the magic sword. Okay. So the film of the week this week is Inception. Corey, cue that. Bah. That was very good. Very good. Thank you. I've been practicing all of 10 seconds. So, yeah, um, Peter, you and I had been trying to do figure out what film we were going to pick for this uh discussion and um we had a bunch of ideas and what was your idea originally i think it was the joker yeah, it was joker the funny thing about coming up with picking this movie was that like we talked about joker or inception and then we thought okay well maybe joker yeah. and then i texted you saying uh yeah because that's an interesting movie about 
about like like what is reality what's true and false like wait yeah, are you yeah. talking about inception or joker <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I remember I thought, that like, yeah. oh no I was, I was talking about joker but that that fits with inception too yeah 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 <laughs> I remember, uh, and I just remember this today, because for about the last, like, I think since we decided to pick this film, I was like, oh, man, like, I have an association with Inception and Peter Rawls, and I don't know why. And it took me (laughs) until I was watching it uh, yesterday night where I was just like, oh, that's right. Because there was a time when you were running Movie Buzz that you were talking about original filmmaking. You did, like, this percentage scale I, oh yeah, and, yeah. It was yeah. 90, it was like ninety percent of the new releases were either remakes, exactly. reimaginings, or whatever. Yeah, mm. yeah. And then you went, and Inception was outside of that category where it was just like new stories. But then the next week, I think you had come in and said, actually, that's wrong because you had found out that there was a comic book strip that or a comic strip that had inspired Christopher Nolan to make this film, and it was a bunch of dogs with like burglar outfits, uh, and they're standing around a man who was sleeping and he was just like, I wondered what I should feed my dog. And they're all shouting like biscuits or something like that. Oh, him. I don't remember that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's really funny though. I probably did bring that up if I found that. <laughs> but that was, that was how I remember it because you were just like, I'm sorry guys. I don't mean to burst your bubble, but it was actually based on a comic strip. So that sounds like something I would say, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was a long time ago. So it's completely understandable to forget, but I, I had realized I hadn't seen this movie in, ages like yeah, it's been a while for me too i i think i had tried to watch this movie many times inebriated but i found it way too complicated <laughs> yeah, for sure. way too complicated yeah i don't know i i guess a, i guess a question we can ask is basically um before we kind of start getting into the film i was thinking you know when you guys first saw this trailer if you can remember what in the hell did you think this movie was about because i know that when a christopher nolan film that isn't like batman or whatever right you know kind of you know you don't well you don't know you have no idea what the concept is you just like what the film kind of underlying layer is you have an idea of like oh it's about space or oh it's about spies or you know what i mean yeah that's um, what i thought about the, the his new movie tenet the trailer yeah. for that it's like i know it's about going backwards and forwards in time but like yeah i don't know what it's really about <laughs> exactly yeah, it exactly. doesn't give me much and inception was the same thing and uh i would say i can make the argument that interstellar to some extent was like that as well mm-hmm. um but i don't know what did you guys think about um that whole thing what did you think about the trailer <laughs> when you first saw it i mean i personally don't really remember seeing the trailer it was like when was this movie released? You were in grade eleven. Grade this 11. came out after the Dark Knight, but before Dark Knight Rises, correct? Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. because half the cast from Inception is in yeah. Dark Knight Rises. Because I was no. thinking, like, when the tra- my first time the trailer came out, is like, why isn't this Dark Knight Rises? Yeah, like, I was I was like annoyed that he made another movie before making another Batman movie. <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's entirely because of the fact that. Um, because what's his face died. Heath Ledger. Yeah, yeah. Heath oh, Ledger yeah. died because originally yeah. I think the idea was to. He bring... was supposed to go like be in the next movie. After yeah, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also heard that. I mean, this is an Inception, but be- like I said, ha- a lot of the cast that's in Inception is in Dark Knight Rises. I had read somewhere that um, that Leonardo DiCaprio was gonna. They were kind of he- like the studio was really heavily pressing. Uh, Warner Bros. is heavily heavily pressing for Leonardo DiCaprio to play the Riddler. Um, oh, yeah. So that would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Yeah, I don't know. 
Corey, sorry, you were um, what? When, do you remember a whole lot about the trailer? You were kind of honestly not really. I'm sure mm-hmm. that I saw the trailer, and you know, much like most people, like you said, uh, when you see a Christopher Nolan trailer, you kind of get uh, swept up in the mystery and the uh, the excitement of it. Whereas yeah. you don't really need to know. Whereas it's... you just you know it's going to be an interesting film. Yeah, it's very much an event. Yeah, totally. All right, before we get into the film, let's throw it over to Tom with the synopsis. Hey everyone, how's it going? It's Tom Rombus here again. As per usual, I'm not here to cause a ruckus, but I am here to read a synopsis. Alright, here we go. Dom Cobb is no ordinary thief. He steals secrets from the subconscious of his targets. His life of crime has made him an international fugitive, unable to return home. That is, until he receives a proposition from a wealthy businessman who can provide a way back. Cobb must form a team for one more heist, but this time with a twist. Instead of stealing an idea, they must plant one. This is Inception. All right, thanks, Tom. So we're going to start off the conversation with this little tidbit here. Um, is Leonardo DiCaprio a dream addict? Yeah, that's that's kind <laughs> like, of what it seemed like. It almost seems like they're addicted to dreaming. Like, the way you inject it into your arm is almost like they, like, pass out like they're doing heroin or something. I don't know if anybody thought, like, they, they paralleled that yeah, sort of imagery. I, w- I would agree, and kind of, like, little, little um, things slipping from his memory into other people's dreams it's kind of like his his like withdrawal kind yeah. of nagging at him if you will yeah what do you think peter uh well it didn't seem he didn't really start his like dream gang until after his wife died yeah like it just seemed as though like him and his wife were like testing out this new thing just for you know just for fun yeah and once like it went too far for her then he became like obsessed with like mastering it yeah uh, but i think he had a problem until it became like a problem yeah yeah it, it's just the weird I, I don't know i thought like got to the end of the film and they kept showing that sequence where they were laying on the floor with the pillows and they'd wake up and i just be like oh man this seems tri-. like because when we dream there's so many good parallels from reality which is a bit of an inception in itself because you know we're talking about yeah anyways uh <laughs> read into that as much as you want but I, it's too complicated to explain uh but i i think there is this weird parallel between drug addiction and dream addiction. And I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting. I thought we'd bring it up right off the bat because I was just like, I was just, man, these people. And then there's like chemistry involved with trying to stay sedated. And I just kept going back to this, this idea of just staying asleep to kind of live out this life because like they said, they grew old together in that dream. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I mean, that's what like addiction is. It's like escapism, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, and then she obviously dies because 
she kills herself mm-hmm. because of the fact of trying to escape, right? So yeah. it's the ultimate escape, like he kind of says in the film. So anyways, I thought that I'd bring that up right off the bat because I was just kind of like, but um, but the other thing I wanted to say is too, is on paper, this movie just looks stupid. <laughs> I don't <laughs> And visually it is too. Yeah, like like yeah. like on paper, if somebody came into a room, I, apparently I'd read uh, in the trivia that uh, Warner Brothers um, got this film pitched by uh, Nolan after his film Insomnia with Robin Williams and uh, Al Pacino. Great um, movie. Yeah, yeah, it is. And Insomnia, I'm eh, I'm not a big fan of Insomnia. Maybe nope. I need to rewatch it. Maybe I, I need to re- maybe I'll just rewatch it. Yeah, but, give it another go. <laughs> give it another go. Um, but I think. I think the idea was they really loved it, but he was just like, it was just a concept at the time. But in my opinion, if I was sitting in that room during that meeting, I'd just be like, what in the hell are you smoking? Like, Oh, yeah. But when you watch the film, a lot of it is a science project, and you're just trying to understand. like, Because there's all this, this, this explaining that has to be done. And the only part of the, by the time, by the time you get the world and you understand everything it's an hour and a half in and the last hour is just an action sequence which i thought was really well done because it not like the action sequence itself it was great but the idea that most of the film was explaining how the world works and then you get this action sequence at the end that all ties back to everything that's been explained to you it's like a little gift like the concept in itself of a dream within a dream within a dream, right? You're just kind of to then plant something in somebody's mind to become an idea for themselves. It's just, um, would you accept the pitch for this film? <laughs> uh, only uh, if it came from the guy who just made The Dark Knight. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah that's true. Yeah, I mean, like that's the only reason why it got made. Yeah, well, he hadn't made he hadn't made The Dark Knight yet. He had um he hadn't even made Batman Begins yet. But well, it didn't get greenlit until yeah, like, yeah. they saw what he could really do with a big budget. Yeah. Because yeah. before his, he was small, it was great movies with small budget like Memento and Insomnia. Yeah. And yeah. you make Batman Begins and Dark Knight and go, oh, okay, now you're allowed to do whatever you want to do. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. And Memento had kind of like a similar, um, not not a similar idea, but, you know, kind of a, a mind-bending uh, sort of plot twist, or, yeah. uh, I guess you could say. So, yeah, with, well, with that al- success, it kind of led to him being able to greenlit that one. Yeah, I mean, he always has these sorts of... Like I said, kind of talking about the trailer uh, a little bit ago, but um, he always has these hooks um, with his films where you're just kind of like, all right, what are you up to? You know what I mean? Even with even with Dunkirk, um, you're you know that despite the fact that it's a war film, you always think that there's something else going on. Um, I'd listened to a podcast uh, and they were talking about before that film was released Dunkirk um, because of because of who um christopher nolan is they were thinking about how you know maybe how we might mess around with the formula of the film and they thought it might have something to do with like time travel or something like that like they were like maybe he changes history in some capacity or something like that and i don't know they were joking around but obviously it's like it's not that far-fetched to think about something like that with a genius like christopher nolan like he is in my opinion one of the great filmmakers of our time right now yeah i would agree so i don't know anyways just the thought just the thought I wanted to know kind of what your guys' thoughts are on the fact that most of this film, that the film isn't a part of our reality. I mean, let alone the actual reality they're in. We can't really, there is no dream thievery in this, in our world. Not yet, or not that I know of. Uh Um, But most of this film is not 
within a reality that we all exist in. And I kind of wanted to get what your thoughts on, because there's been a lot of films like that where they're kind of like based in a reality, but not, I don't know. Do you get what I'm saying? I, I, I the yep. only other comparison is the matrix. I, I guess I could say, yeah, there's a lot of similarities to the matrix yeah. with this one. I had to keep reminding myself that, um, that this isn't, the a reality that we all exist in it's one that is very like it's unstable obviously because it's a dream but also like one that's imaginary and that if they get shot or if they die they don't actually die there's no real consequences other than the feeling that they may get stuck here like like yeah that part was weird like if you died in the dream then then you're just stuck in a dream i think i can kind of comprehend it more in the sense that like do you know how like there's that there's sometimes i don't i don't know if you feel this way there but there's sometimes when i have a dream i'll die in the dream but then i'll like won't really wake up a whole lot like there is this kind of like emptiness i don't know in between waking up and do you know what i mean there's a, yeah, like, I've that's had a half there's like this half second before you wake up that you're kind of like what the hell like i felt like that 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 dream happened hours ago Mm-hmm. When really it was probably a period of like an hour in itself, you know what I mean? Or yeah, five minutes, like they say in the film. Um, do you guys have any thoughts about anything you want to bring up? Um, yeah, I guess just to kind of touch on what you said there. Um, uh, like you said, you had to keep reminding yourself that uh, this wasn't in the real world and stuff like that. And I think that just goes to show you how well, how good of a job the movie does of putting you in the character's shoes, because mm-hmm. obviously they're going through the same thing that you are when you're watching the film. Yeah. So it's a very, very immersive experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I like being swept away when I go to the movies. Yeah. But like, (laughs) but what the movie does such a good job of sweeping you away that you forget at the bare bones, like how dumb the story is. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say earlier. (laughs) Yeah. Just like, Whoa, look at that. Oh, cool. They're floating around in the hallway, but you back out of it. They're just people sleeping on a plane. Yeah. Like I, like I always (laughs) think about that. Have you seen night at the museum? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know that scene when the the, the two little toys that are like um, they're like letting the tire out of the they're letting the air out of the tire, and yeah. it's like ah ah, and they're screaming, <laughs> and then it cuts back and you don't hear anything. Yeah, so it shows like the like the different perspective. Like from then, it's like air blowing in their face really hard. But you cut back, you don't hear anything because in reality, it's not that intense. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I would like a scene where because they never did it because it would look stupid. Yeah, where they're like fighting and shooting out and then it cuts back to them just like asleep on the airplane <laughs> like, yeah. it, it makes the whole thing seem kind of dumb yeah, yeah. that'd be it a good does, comedy cut yeah big comedy cut it's like uh like that game second life or whatever where it's like in reality you're just kind of a bit of a loser but then in the game you're just like this superhero super cool guy yeah who, yeah like, yeah save people and it's like got 80 different women chasing you all the time you know what i mean exactly and it, it's just like because in your dream you could be anyone i like the fact however that when Cobb is being chased after a cobalt cobell engineering or whatever um and he's with eames or whatever and he's trying to like convince Eames to come on this journey or whatever, do this Inception thing because they needed a forger, um, and uh, and then Cobalt Engineering follows him there and they like try to kill him and stuff because he failed that one job with Sato, right? And um, I 
I'm able to now really be like, oh, like he is actually just as much of a relative badass outside of the dream world as he is in the dream world, if that makes any sense. Like there is, you know what I mean? It's not like, like, you know how in our dreams we're a lot cooler than we are in real life to some extent. I don't know. At least I feel like that. Well, Um, sometimes depending on the dream. Yeah. Like being in class in your underpants. I don't know. (laughs) But um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it was important that they added that, that aspect to the film because I was just like, well, I think the same way you would, Peter would just be like, these guys are just sleeping on a bus or whatever. Like they're not, they're not that cool. Like they're just a couple of regular, oregano, a regular Joes, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So I I wanted to mention, what are your guys' thoughts on the whole, because it's a heist, right? Mm -hmm. And in a heist, like any heist film, they have a guy that specializes or whatever, a person that specializes in a certain area. And when you think of like, oh, the forger, you're like, oh, somebody who can like forge fingerprints and forge and do like crazy, you know, fake shit, right? And then, um, and then an architect, someone who like plans the thing, all right. And then even the chemist, the guy who like is really smart, right. But then when you translate to like a team of people that need to, you know, break into a guy's dream world, it's like the forger is someone who can like really master mannerisms of people that need to be you know swayed in a in a dream and an architect is someone who like builds things and a chemist is someone who helps like people fall asleep yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. but uh, i don't know what it what are your guys' thoughts between a heist film and like this dream heist film i guess is my question um a real heist film there's actual consequences <laughs> uh in inception there's no consequences yeah, yeah. I kept I, I kept on thinking I kept on thinking like um like uh comparing this film to like Heat. I don't know if you ever seen that one. Yeah, yeah. The, That's the movie the... I was thinking about when I said about the three consequences. Yeah. <laughs> I kept on thinking like, oh right, like if these people get shot, you know, they're they're gonna die. But I didn't like the fact though that um they kept on like like you know how there's consequences in the dream world, right? Um when they wake up, everything's kind of back to normal. I feel like there was a reason, like if they didn't have that whole thing with Cobb, not with uh, that whole thing with Cobb and his wife, there'd be really no reason for everybody to act so dramatic all the time. Do you know what I mean? Well, it gives like, him, I mean, the only reason that's in there is to give Leonardo DiCaprio a story arc, like a character arc. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if with, without it, it would, the movie would just feel like, well, what was the point of that? At yeah. least, at least at the end of this way, he you get to see him, you know, get over his crazy wife. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I definitely felt like if there wasn't that sort of that draw of the character, um, there wasn't that sort of like, you no, know, like that element, there would be no real consequences outside of the real world, right? Well, were they not being hunted down in the real world? They were, but like Sato was like. Well, if I make this phone call and you do this job for me, I'll let you go back to the states. Like, but if that wasn't a thing, there would be no consequences for them doing this kind of thing. But that was the other, I guess, leading to something else here. Um, we don't really have, like, we don't really have any sort of of understanding of what the actual world is like outside of their dream world, like their actual reality. What what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, they mention a little bit over the fact that they invented this technology um, for the military or whatever, so that way they can um, 
what is it like fight each other and stuff and then and you know train and stuff in their mind and kill each other in mind so they can get used to what that feels like in real life or something like that yeah i thought like it'd be funny if they made an inception 2 film where it was just all about the real world outside of the dream world just the thought but, yeah <laughs> um peter do you have anything you want to talk about the whole thing about the movie is that so Leonardo caprio gets accused of killing his wife so he has to flee to france and that's mm-hmm. where he's hiding out so he doesn't get in trouble yeah. um and then so he just wants to see his kids again because his kids are in america so the only way to get back to his kids in the movie is to do a job for a guy who can clear his name mm-hmm. so the job itself is more or less meaningless to Leonardo DiCaprio. Like whether or not that guy sells his company so the super rich Asian guy can become even richer. I mean, exactly. The guy has enough yeah. money to buy an, an airline. He wants to be even richer and cut off his competition. So like the mission itself really has nothing to do with what Leonardo DiCaprio wants, except for the fact that if he does it, he'll see his kids again. But the movie would only be five minutes long if he just had his kids come to France. that's such a good point (laughs) that is a that is a very good point but but hold on i can maybe point something out here isn't there um extradition charges from france to the united states michael uh michael kane michael kane michael kane mentions that when he goes and talks to him in the um and he says like i need an architect right and uh and he's like, he's in France, and Michael Caine's like, you shouldn't be here. You know, there is extradition charges that could be brought upon you to bring you back to the states. And then Leonardo DiCaprio is like, well, you know that all that stuff gets, you know, a little bit. Like, it's just a bit of a throwaway line to almost say like, wait a second, like he committed a crime in the United States. Like if the U.S. embassy found out that he was in France, they could extradite him back to the united states oh you know I, must I, mean? have, I must have missed that that makes yeah. sense though so i don't know like i guess to point out the fact that like there is still danger looming around the corner despite the fact like so he could be with his kids in france but like do you know what i mean yeah. he could still be in danger of getting in trouble right so also where is his money like i don't know where his all like he's obviously not that great at his job because he's failed <laughs> he's failed a couple times right like yeah. And and cobble engineering never goes away. Like they're still there. Do you know what I mean? Or were they after Oh no, like who was cobble engineering working for? That that's the that's the part that they don't kind of resolve because it's like maybe he goes back to the states but that doesn't stop the headhunters from coming after him. Do you know what I mean? So That's why they confuse you with all the waz in there to like drown out yeah. like the actual what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good point. It's a good point. So, you know how, like, we have, I mean, obviously, you know how, like, we have hangovers. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. I cannot imagine that waking up from this dream with these, these inception things doesn't make you feel super fucking dizzy. <laughs> like, oh, for sure. Especially if you lived 80 years and then you woke up and you're, and you were you're just like, to 30 yeah. again. Yeah. Oh, I feel it's, so sick. It's probably like, you know, when, when you sleep for, you know, 20 hours or something like that and you wake up and you're just, uh, I feel, I feel like, like it's similar to that. Have you slept for 20 hours? Oh, sure. Really? Yeah. You do sleep a lot. I do. But <laughs> like, because um, I, I, I can't really sleep on flights. So mm-hmm. when I flew from Australia to here, mm. I had a super long sleep. 
Oh, really? After that, yeah. I just feel really like I don't mind. I don't mind falling asleep on a plane. It's pretty good. What about you, Peter? (laughs) Well, I've I've had like crazy power naps where I remember when I was in high school, um, I took a nap in the afternoon. This was like in the springtime, so it was still light out at night. So like I fell asleep at like three, like four o'clock, and I woke up at eight. But it was just like a four hour nap in the afternoon. But I woke up thinking it was eight o'clock the next morning. Oh, and like yeah. and like nobody was home. I'm like, so I called my dad. I said, Dad, like, where are you? Got to take me to school. And he goes, What school? And I thought, Oh, what's what's happening to me? Like, what what reality am I in right now? You know, my school, Dad. You got to take me to school. He goes, He goes, Peter. It's eight o'clock at night. I thought, Oh my God. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> what are your guys' thoughts on um, how the translations of things happening in the real world kind of having some sort of metaphor um metaphor to um what's happening in the dream so like for instance uh the chemist guy i don't remember his name he like really has to pee <laughs> oh yeah on the flight but he falls asleep during the dream so when they get to the dream it's raining oh yeah, yeah i thought that was quite funny that was all really clever I or like um, when they're in Fisher's dream or something like that, um, they do a defibrillator and the defibrillator is like lightning in the fourth dream or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, it was, it was just kind of a really cool way to kind of integrate all three levels of the dream and kind of like interconnect them. And they all have like certain... Yeah, I don't know. There's all like because obviously when when that when the chemist drives off the bridge, that's when you get the zero zero gravity stuff. Mm-hmm. When they're all kind of floating in the air in the in the van. Yeah, yeah, but I've had dreams like that too, where like, you know, I've had a lot of dreams where like I need to go to the bathroom in my dream, and I wake up and I'd be like, oh my god, I have to go to the bathroom. Oh my god, I've had. I remember one time where, um, because I have a tea like every night before bed. And sometimes like multiple teas before bed. Mm. That's playing and... with that's playing with fire, man. <laughs> Dude, it's it's not good. And Let me drink dreams... as much liquid as possible before I'm passed out for eight hours. Yeah, it's yeah. always raining in his dreams. Um, yeah. <laughs> so like I remember this one time, it was so frustrating. I kept on like having to go pee in the dream. And I kept like I kept on being like, God, I've got to go to the there's I gotta go to the doctor. Like there's something wrong with me in the dream. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and being like, I gotta pee like all the time. And then I woke up and the first thing I was like, shit, I gotta pee real bad. <laughs> um Yeah, that'll happen. I guess uh I just wanted to mention the I guess like the, the quality of stunt work and the the kind of the like the whole zero gravity a hotel room mm-hmm. i ended up watching the special features for it and kind of how they did all that yeah they built like that hallway they built whatever. this full set yeah just for that one scene yeah that was really cool that was really cool i mm-hmm. remember um and even like the um the was it the chateau at the end there or the little military base in the snow yeah they actually just found a place in calgary built it there before there was snow and just hoped it would snow and what? It, yeah and it ended up like laying it laying this like 10 foot snow thing you know what's really interesting about that scene uh i read in the trivia uh that on imdb that uh that christopher nolan really really liked um that james bond movie her uh for her majesty's secret service and Mm -hmm. like that whole last scene 
was like based on a scene from that movie. And I remember watching it being like, this is a lot like a James Bond movie. And yeah, you know, the parallels are there for sure. So yeah, no, it's a good point to bring up. Uh, I wanted to say something about the kick. You know how like we always have those feelings in our dream. Like there, like I keep on going back to it, but there's all these parallels that I think are really fascinating about um, Christopher Nolan when he's probably considering this film. He he probably had a list of like things that we experience some sort of trans uh, this this parallel between reality and our dreams. Where um, like for instance, the kick or um, the totem. Right, we have these things that remind us that in the dream there's no it's not real um and the kick obviously everyone's experienced that feeling of like falling or you're just like you know you wake up from it yep um and uh, and then the totem obviously like is to remind you that you're you know you're actually dreaming kind of like they say that if you try to read a book or you try to read something in a dream um you can't actually read it um or you try to look at a clock or something like that to tell the time you can't actually tell the time oh i've never experienced that but i always have the one where i try to run and i can't run fast oh yeah yeah where you kind of like run to the side or you're like yeah or it's like you're running like quicksand or like just yeah exactly deep snow you're like come on i've i've had the ones where i try to i mean in the dream i'm trying to yell out for help and for some reason i've got like laryngitis or something (laughs) like there's there's something wrong with my my vocal box like i can't say anything of all the times yeah or like uh where i'm trying to run away and i can't actually run and i start like superman jumping like it's really like right at the last second i'm like jumping from away from the bad guy Mm -hmm. and i'm like trying to and and it sucks because i remember every in my dreams i remember every time i have that experience when i jump i'm always trying to like jump far enough away so they can't get me because you know how you're always in a horror film and the people are running away and they always like run away in the stupid directions. You're just like, yeah, or hide. hide in the same room that they're already in. Yeah, yeah. like you're like, what are you doing, you <laughs> stupid idiot? Um, yeah, I don't know. That's just a little thought I had. Um, well, sometimes like I can tell I'm having a dream. Like if I run into a scenario like where I can tell like, well, I'm not running fast. Um, so like I must be having a dream. Or sometimes there'll be a elements to it. I kind of think off the top of my head where I'm like, I know I'm in a dream, but if I scream, but I know if I scream out to myself, wake up, I will wake myself up. Yeah. So that, that becomes like my kick to like get out. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's been times where like I'll scream. There's only been maybe a handful of times where I, where I scream out, wake up and I wake up. I'm actually still in a dream though. Yeah. Like I've woken up and like, Oh, I'm awake. But like, no, you're, I'm, I'm just <laughs> awake in another dream. <laughs> Dude, you've had inception. actual inception. Yeah, yeah I've had real inception dreams before, and they're they. I don't feel do good have, afterwards. Do you have your totem with you? I wish I had a totem. My totem is usually just trying to run. If I'm running <laughs> and I can't run, okay, I know what's. I know this is not reality. Do you ever have those times where you in, you're in your dream and you realize that you're in the dream, but then you don't tell anybody that you know that you're in the dream, and then you just fuck shit up? <laughs> well, I have a I, I have an interesting thing too where. Um, once I realize I'm dreaming, I go, oh, cool. I can do like whatever I want to do now because now there's no consequences. Exactly. But, however, if I think if, if I, I try to ignore it because if my brain goes, okay, you're dreaming, I will start to wake up. So I have to continue to pretend as though I don't know I'm dreaming to stay in the dream because the <laughs> more, the more I think about in the dream that I am dreaming, I, the more I get pulled out of it. 
Yeah. So it's like a fight between enjoy that there's no consequences, but don't think about that or you'll wake yourself up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's quite the chaos. mental battle. It is. It's a battle, yeah. but it's worth it if I can pull it off. I'm <laughs> not saying that. I'm not saying I I would ever do this to my partner in real life, but there has been multiple times where I've had <laughs> dreams <laughs> where where I'm like, I can't cheat on my partner in my dream because in in my mind I'm like I'm like oh shit I've got a girlfriend like I can't. oh I've, yes I've had those a lot of those <laughs> and I'm like and then I like tried it like I. It was funny. Last night I actually had that dream. <laughs> and I was in I was in I was like I went somewhere with this girl and uh but I knew I was in a relationship in the dream and I was just like maybe I'll just like push it a little bit. <laughs> like I just like I remember I kissed this girl like like this tiniest little kiss and then I was like, "Oh, that was bad." But then but then I like woke up and I immediately felt guilty. It's just like and that's such a weird... Yeah, you feel guilty for not doing more than just kissing her in your yeah. dream. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that too. But, uh, but no, like, I remember I woke Carmen up and I said, oh, shit, I cheated on you in my dream again. <laughs> and it's like... And it's funny, too, because... Uh, that's the my... fifth time this week. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a problem. Yeah. Maybe the... Maybe yeah, my stop telling just... me you're having these dreams. <laughs> my subconscious is trying to tell me something. Will <laughs> you... Um, but no, well, no, your partner too will have that exact same thing. Like Carmen tells me all the time. She'd be like, Oh, I had a dream. You cheated on me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And they always get mad at you for that. Yeah. That's your own subconscious. Like effing with you. That's not me. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you had that happen to you with your partner? All the time. They're like, I had a dream that you cheated on me. I'm like, well, that means you're you're thinking bad thoughts all the time. That's why you're dreaming it. Yeah, you turn it back on them. Like, you're the asshole. Yeah, if you would stop thinking I would cheat on you, you would stop dreaming about it. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I love this. This is great. Um, Oh, what are you guys' thoughts on Ellen Page's nosiness in this film? I thought that was a little bit not cool, that she was just so fucking nosy. Like, she was just like... She she is as a person, though. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I just don't like Ellen Page. She just... (laughs) She's like as if watching paint dry was like a person. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean I don't know her well enough, so but I, I've only ever seen her in like this and that James Gunn film Super, where she gets shot in the face with a shotgun. Oh, um, spoiler alert! <laughs> and she wow. doesn't she like sexually assault uh, the other dude? Yeah, yeah. He, she like she like rapes. She uh, like full on rapes Rain Wilson on a couch. Yeah. Oh jeez, it it's was an intense a, movie. It was a weird <laughs> movie. Yeah. James Gunn was his like his movies before Guardians of the Galaxy were very strange. Yeah, and what's that one with uh, Michael Sarah, Juno or whatever? Juno. Yeah, Juno. Yeah. yeah. Oh god, yeah. I hated Juno. Yeah. It's, uh, it's <laughs> I a think bore. I remember you talking about Juno on your old movie. It book. was just so quirky. Ooh, my hamburger phone and goo yeah. goo. Oh, it's a, it's a hipster oh, movie for sure. Um, like no. peak, like stereotypes. Oh yeah. Of hipster things. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, but yeah, no, Ellen Page in this movie, uh, I thought she was a little bit off. Like, I didn't feel like it was a great casting. Well, she's also plays a character of the audience. She's there to be like, what? Yeah. Why? Huh? Oh. Uh? In the IMDb trivia, What's-His-Face said that Christopher Nolan, what, not What's-His-Face, the man himself, mm. um, said that each, when you consider each character, they technically, if you relate it to... Um, uh, like a, the movie, the filmmaking process. The director of the film is like Cobb is the director. Arthur is the producer. Air Denine is the production designer, which is 
Air. I don't can't pronounce that woman's name. Ellen Page's character is the production designer. Eames is the actor. Sato is the studio, and Fisher is the audience. So like Killian Murphy's character is like the audience, in his opinion, um, which makes a lot of sense because he's kind of along for the ride, and they that makes more sense when when Cobb tries to convince him that he's the security subconscious guy in his mind to tell him like, Hey, like I'm here to help you. You know what I mean? If you were to think about it that way, I would, I would think Fisher fits more into like the actor role. Cause he's kind of getting, getting told what to do. I guess that makes sense. I don't know. That's just my personal. I'm opinion. just going off the words of, uh, the, I mean, the words, that's the, a the, very the, parallel to make. I would not think to like make each person in the movie, like a person who made the movie. Yeah. I don't know. That was just. I think it helped. I think it said that that's how it helped him, like, dr- like write the film or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's an interesting oh. take on it. So, um, anyways, Ellen Page don't like her a whole nosy lot in this high. film. I felt she was way too nosy. I didn't like the fact that she, like, when she gets into Cobb's dream uh, of him trying to like. I think. I think the whole time, like, you know, when um, he's working with the with the chemist guy. Um, I'd like to think that what he was trying to do is basically therapy to try and deal with all of that subconscious crap before he goes into this, you know, into the other, into this next job, right? So that way this doesn't affect him in this really important job that he needs to do. And when she finds him kind of laying there and he's like sleeping and she like injects himself, injects herself into the his dream, it's almost like, it's almost like she's in being invasive into his personal life when she doesn't need to be. I felt it was kind of a little bit of a weird character trope that she added into the film or they added into the film. And I don't know why there was no like consequences for her for doing something like that. And she never got to work in Hollywood again. That was her consequence. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Um, But I don't know. I just think that, I just think that that was kind of a little bit, um, I don't know. It's just like a, you're working with someone and you know about as much as you need to know about them, but she kept on pushing it. There was the part where she was like, Oh, what's on the bottom floor? And he's like, you don't want to go there. Like, don't, please don't go there or whatever. Basically he's like asking her like, Hey, don't go there, you know? But and she also, goes there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I can also kind of see how she would make that step though. Cause, um, like when she goes into the, uh, into that kind of simulation bit, she gets attacked by, mall i can't yeah mall yeah so that's probably gonna freak out and then also Cobb said um uh you know she'll be back she got a taste of it she can't really like help herself so i think that's her curiosity being struck right yeah i don't know i just and if you are working with someone in such a uh, like a dangerous mission mission i guess you're probably gonna want to know all their dirty secrets just in case right yeah but the thing is though is like She's like, like the curiosity we, character. Yeah. Like the, the audience wants to know what's on the bottom floor, so you need yeah, a oh, vessel sure. to like check that out. I guess so, yeah. But I think they could have done it in a better way that didn't seem like it was a bit of a pushy thing because she never really acts like that anymore in the film. Do you know what I mean? Like She never d- goes and tries to push those limits anymore. Because she and learned she, her lesson. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. You could make that argument. But I don't know. Like I don't know. She's just... She's just a bit, a bit. I just of a, don't like Ellen Page. I don't mind yeah. Ellen Page. I don't mind Ellen Page. <laughs> no, you do. Peter, you Peter, do mind. <laughs> you mind. Peter's the one that doesn't like her, not me. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I just, 
wasn't a fan. I thought she was a little bit, a bit, a bit too nosy. I don't like it when people are nosy. Oh, that's what I was going to say. If you were to compare this film to other heist films, like, I don't know, you could go with Reservoir Dogs. The best thing to do when you're in a heist film is to not know a lot about the other person you're working with. So that way you can't, like, incriminate them if need be. If you, like, know too much about their secrets, you know what I mean? And I would feel like Cobb um, would want to perpetuate that. I mean, you could make the argument, though, too, that you're spending a lot of time in other people's subconscious, so therefore you already know a lot about them anyways. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. That was just my thought. So, When you're creating a dream team, you kind of have to know Literally. who those people are so they don't, like, incept you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You need, like, a trustworthy group of characters to go uh, mentally screw with someone. It's funny, like, because, like, the, the, the meat of this conversation has been, like the things leading up to the action. And then we want to talk about the end. Like yeah, the yeah. stuff in the middle is like, Oh yeah, it was cool. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know? Okay. Okay. Well, let's talk about, the but, but, but like, but that, that, that's not a reflection on our conversation. I think that's just a reflection on the movie itself too. Oh, that's a good point. Where it's like, there's so much to unpack before they start. And there's so mm-hmm. much to unpack at the end of it. Yeah. But in the middle, it's more of just like turn your brain off and have fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, that's a good point. I I'm, think I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of like an interesting thing that happened during the action. Yeah. It's just very, I guess you can't really say that anything really interesting happened because what it made it interesting was all of the other things. Yeah. Like, all the beginning I mean? and the end is kind of, you know, where the, the fun's like a reverse Oreo. So could you make the argument that, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so could you make the argument? That's a good point. So could you make the argument that this film is a bit dull when it comes to the action? I mean, the action's great, but it doesn't propel the story, the, the interesting parts about the story. Yeah. It's just this kind of, because there's no consequences, right? It's more of a nuisance. It's a lot like the zombies in The Walking Dead. They're kind of just there and they become a problem. It's really the people you have to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I, I agree with you. That's true. I find it, I remember sitting near close to the end of the film. I think there was like 45 minutes left. And I was like, God damn it. Because I remember the snow part to be the ending of the film. But I was like, shit, there's 45 minutes left in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. God, like, and I and I don't like to know, like, I don't like that feeling of knowing that I was feeling that way. I don't think that this film could be any shorter, though. I mean, well, maybe you could cut it, off, like, 10 minutes or something. Yeah, or cut the, off one of the dreams inside a dream. Yeah, or the there's just, like, there was, I felt like there was too much action. Do you know what I mean? Like, there was too much in that snow part. There was just too much Tom Hardy dipping yeah, around in the snow. Yeah, he had a lot of fun with, like, the going down the mountain fight. Like, Yeah, but it was, like, but again, because there's no consequences... It's not really, you know what I mean? I guess it was Eames' dream, though, too. That, at that point, after the hotel, they used Eames to get into that dream, right? I don't know. I just... I, I'm okay I, with it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, I mean, that is a good point, though, Peter. And I think that was what I was trying to say earlier, was that, like, there's a lot of all this explaining to be done right at the beginning just to get to the end. So, yeah, I don't know. But let's talk about the ending. <laughs> uh, let's. I mean, we're getting. We're there now. Let's just talk about it because I feel like this is going to be a bigger conversation for sure. Yeah. Uh, first questions first, though. Uh, do you think that top fell, regardless yes. of what Christopher Nolan says? Wait, wait. What did he say? Well, I'm not. I'm not going to mention what he says about the top. But what do you guys think? I think oh, it's my it first fell. One. It's reality at the end. Yeah. Yeah. 
I was talking. I was actually talking to a buddy of mine at work today about this movie because he asked what I did last night, and he brought up an interesting point where, um, like at the end when Leo sees his kids again, they're the same age as they were when he, like in the beginning of the film, yeah. like they hadn't aged at all. You would so think. He, sorry. I, well, I'm sorry. I'll let you finish. Yeah. So, <laughs> Shut up, Peter. Uh, yeah. Hold your tongue, sir. No. I'm just so excited to talk about this. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, he was saying that they didn't uh, age from the beginning of the film to the end of the film, where you would think that they would have aged. So in his idea of it, that um, it, it was still a dream or yeah. A so you're making the argument that technically, since there was no passing of time with his actual children, then it was still in the same memory. That's a good point. I mean, you could make the argument, though, too, that you don't actually know what the time frame was of him not being able to go back to the States. That's true. You know, that whole thing with his wife could have happened sooner, right, than we thought it would have. It could have been yeah. like a year. It could or, have, or, or a true. week. Or That's a true. week. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Um, I guess it doesn't take that long to get to France anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what was it that you said, Peter? I, I, uh, I so, yeah, you think they don't age, but they actually have aged because in the credits of the movie, there is Leo's kids at this age, actors, and Leo's kids at this age, different actors. Oh, so, interesting. Uh, there are two different sets of age group of kids based on the credits of the movie. Um, also, a thing that always happens when he's dreaming is that his kids never turn around. He never sees their faces. Like the moment the kid's about to turn around, it gets like something gets cut off. Mm-hmm. That happens in all of his dream sequences. So at the end, when the kids actually turn around and you see their faces, that's also a sign of like, oh, well, this never happens when I'm dreaming, so that must be reality. Well, he also – I don't know if you remember, but he also tries to not look at their faces too, right? Like uh, when he's in – when he, he's in that last part where they do that last final drop into another reality, right, or into another – you know, dream or whatever. And then he was with Maul and she was saying, uh, why don't you take your look at your kids? Your kids are over there and they're about to turn their heads. And you see kind of like the bridge of the little girl's nose. And then he decides to look away because he's like, no, because it's like, it's almost like if he looks at them, it's a sort of, um, an acceptance that what he's in is actually reality. Do you know what I mean? Do you oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like, I I totally agree with you. I think that the the top does fall. Um but I also see your point too, Corey, and I see that you're making the argument that essentially like because they don't age, therefore to some extent it's still a dream. Yes. Is that yeah, that's yeah. what you're pointing out. I so what Christopher Nolan has said is that the top does fall. So I put in my notes that the top knot falling is more of a symbol of uncertainty rather than an indication that Cobb is in a dream at the end. It's an uncertainty of his, like, his actual future in life, like where he's going to go and how he's going to deal with his emotions of his dead wife, right? And all the things that he did that impacted her, her inability to recognize reality versus a dream. And so the Tim, the, the, the top not falling or us not seeing the top falling is more of a kind of, in my opinion, a bit of a metaphor towards like uncertainty as opposed to, you know, is this a dream? Do you know what I mean? Does that make more sense? Yeah. Like, is he going to go back to the, his dream drugs or is he going to get over that? And be yeah. Like, 
is he gonna yeah is he gonna be a bit of an adult and like take care of his kids yeah yeah <laughs> like i always felt like the top does fall and christopher nolan has said yeah the top falls um i think he's put i think he just put that in there to confuse people to see if they were paying attention or not yeah that's you a good know? point where that's people go point. whoa the top they go well think about the whole rest of the movie you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. i think get so focused in on the top part they like they forget like the two hour two and a half hours they just watched yeah so, like but the one <laughs> the one interesting thing though is that when they wake up on the plane after they've done their whole thing they're not connected to the machine anymore they just wake up without any of the stuff in their arms that's because um I would think that like the the flight it's attendant, the flight attendant. Whatever, must have taken it out. That way, when the yeah. guy wakes up, he didn't realize he was being attacked. But that could yeah. be another interesting look at the fact that well, I mean, you assume the flight attendant did that, but if you wake up without it not being your arm, he could still be like waking up within another dream. Sure, he could wake up thinking that like, oh, you know, hey, I did it. I'm going back to my life, but he could still be in another layer. It's not that, but that's a fun way to look at it. Yeah, and I think the reason why it's not that is because of the fact that when you there's a lot and there's a lot to be said in the facial expressions of all the characters when they wake up on the plane. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Killian Murphy's character Fisher, he's looks like he's contemplating what had just happened to him in the dream. Right, he looks like he's thinking and like analyzing what that means. You know, a lot. Oh, in the I way should that's... sell my company. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I should sell my company. <laughs> and uh, Sato looks like gonked out. Like, holy shit, I've lived like fifty years. <laughs> and yeah. Ellen Page and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like, they just both look like like, like yeah, so... we did it. They're Yay. so stoked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and Cobb is just like, all right. <laughs> Okay, this is great. And, and like I said, like I, I think they definitely look like they're a little bit dizzy. Um, I, I don't know if anybody else knows this, but bit pissed me off a little bit. But Sato and Ellen Page looked like they were sitting way too low on their chairs when they woke up. Oh, they're probably just sliding down They've in been there. sliding yeah, down. Like, yeah, they look like they had slid so far down. Yeah. With all those explosions. <laughs> and It's just weird, man. It was weird. Because, I mean, the thing about the totem falling or not falling, too, is either... I think it's also like a personal thing too, like a fun thing for the audience, depending on, I guess, the kind of person you are, where do you want to see the ending as hopeful or like despair? Mm -hmm. Because that's either what, those are the two options. Either he got out, he got his kids back. Yay. Life is great again. And you like that version of the ending or you like an ending where, Oh, he's still stuck. Ha ha ha. Your life That's sucks forever. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, there's I no there's no in between. It's either it's a happy ending or it's a terrible, awful ending. Yeah. Like emotionally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And who knows? He could be satisfied with it, like still being in that dream state. Maybe he's just done with trying to like figure things out. Maybe he just fully gives up, right? Unless he's like confused, you know, because then it, Yeah. I mean that's the thing too, is like, well, how do you want his life to to conclude? Because mm-hmm. he he leaves it up for interpretation, even though there is an answer. Yeah, I think the interpretation of it makes people talk about the movie more. That makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess you could say the same thing about his other films too. Like he does the exact same thing where he makes you consider. He, like Nolan's like the king of the guy who's just like, hey, consider this. You know, yeah, the only time he screwed that up was Dunkirk. Like yeah. Dunkirk didn't need to be and t- take place in different timelines out of order. There's no need for that. 
like, <laughs> I thought it added. Tell, an, tell that linearly because I'm like, oh yeah, then this scene happened. Like, oh, but that happened before that. Like, I shouldn't have to put the movie together in my head as I'm watching it. I mean, like sometimes that works, but not in a war film where there's a very specific mission that's happening. Like, yeah. don't try to make it more fantastical by putting the scenes in the incorrect order. Mm-hmm. That didn't work for Dunkirk. Inception works because. You, you, there's rules to what is a dream and what is reality. Mm-hmm. So when you when they're in it, you can understand what it is when you see it because there's established rules in there. With Dunkirk, it's like everything is reality. So like, don't stop messing with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know. He is he is the king of like, hey, let's mess let's mess with some time, buddy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he did it in Inception. Um, Memento. Memento, Memento yeah. he did it. Yeah, he did it. Insomnia, um, Inste- Interstellar. Yeah. Oh he's god, gonna do, Inter- he's gonna do. He's gonna do it in Tenant. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he has like a fascination with time, the director, and I, yeah. I, I definitely find it, especially now considering what we're going through, very important. I think to consider time and how we deal with it, and I guess it's a good choice that we pick this film because it does so much of what we're dealing with right now in our world going through this pandemic is like dealing with how we work with time, like how, how we consider time. And I don't know, lately I've been finding myself just being like, Oh, like there's nothing to do or I've got, I feel like I'm kind of bored cause I can't go out and do things. And it's not that it's just, I'm so I'm, I've always been so busy being occupied by the options of being able to do stuff. And now it's like, I have to spend time by myself. And that time is like, I'm able to track that time a lot more easier than i used to because i have to think about things that i have to do to keep myself occupied whereas before it's like you know i've got a list of shit i have to do and times that i have to do those things right i don't know it's just a lot like i've been considering i don't know we're getting a little bit deep here but i've been considering reality a lot too like oh yeah i don't know like (laughs) i was talking i was talking to um i was talking to my partner last night because i hike up our mountain we live like right at like of the foot of a mountain and i hike this mountain like like three to four times a week and every time i get to the top i'm like oh, okay i'm kind of i've done this a lot <laughs> like yeah i'm well, kind of i'm kind of getting bored of it but at the same time every time i go up to the top it, I, and you can see the entire city um it reminds me that like holy shit i've like lived here for ages like should i continue to spend my time here or should i try to you know, I compared it to being able to play a video game for a really long time where you know every single turn. And, like, when you're playing GTA, you're like, oh, if I go down this route, if I go down that way, you know, I know I'll end up here, right? And so, you know, I spent a lot of time there. Should I move on from that place? I don't know. Corey, sorry, you were going to say something. No, yeah, I was just going to say it. We're, yeah, it's, I, I feel like a lot of people are kind of in a Groundhog Day situation. Yeah. It's like the same thing over and over again. You kind of lose track of time mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, a little bit of reality potentially depending on your situation but oh yeah a little bit yeah <laughs> i definitely been like oh what is life for you? like i'd listen to that new podcast with joe rogan and elon musk i was like well no it's a bit intense <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean so. just be like just the basics it's like i don't even know if like it was it'd be like it's today wednesday or thursday well, yeah, yeah that's the thing know, right or, or like losing track of just like the middle of the week yeah mm-hmm. it's not it's not a bad thing but it's also I mean, if you look back on, like, what we had before all this, it was just, like, we just knew we had to get things done to make sure that we could eat. And now it's, like, now we – that's kind of what we're doing now to some extent. <laughs> like, we're just trying to make sure we can get things to eat. 
And uh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, it's been extra to... weird for me because like I moved, I moved to a new apartment like on a Saturday, and then on Sunday they they announced the stay at home order for Washington mm. State. So I've been like in my new apartment all the time. So it doesn't really feel like I live here yet. It's been if this feels like a quarantine house. Yeah, like yeah. it hasn't sunk in that I like have a routine yet because I I haven't established one in this new living scenario. Mm-hmm. So like. I try to try to figure out like what reality really is like for me is tough just because I've just been like stuck inside this new place. I don't know like what a schedule is. Yeah. And you can't, you have no, I guess the relationship with the place that you live in has no relationship with the outside place that you exist in as well. Yes. So, so, (laughs) so that there's this like kind of sort of limbo uh, going back to the film where you're like, like, how do I feel about this space versus the, and its connection with this other space? And you don't have that yet. And I think, I think I'm getting to a point now where my relationship with, like, I want to move in at some point here where I have this relationship with, um, my space that I'm at right now and the outside world. And I'm kind of like, Oh, I'm bored. And it's like, I've realized that this thing has kind of taught me that, uh, maybe I don't want to live in Victoria for the rest of my life. Like maybe this isn't for me forever. You know what I mean? Um, and that's and that's a good thing. I think a lot of people are going to come out of this sort of whole thing and realize a lot of stuff in the same way that Fisher realized. Like maybe I shouldn't. I mean, granted that 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 idea was planted, but all along it was probably there too. Like I I guess the other question I guess we could lead into this, but like Fisher's realization that he wants to sell his company. Do you feel like that idea was actually planted, or it was just one that he had to look for? Because I never saw them. That's the other thing is often they have to plant something, right? Like that's how they they do Inception is they plant an idea. And I don't know. I'd like to think that when Fisher has that realization that um, he like his father when I don't know if this was him realizing this or it was what they planted, but that he wasn't disappointed in him. He was disappointed that he was going to become his father. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I I. I definitely think that like that's a happy ending for him because even though even though he maybe thought that um his father in reality probably said like he was disappointed in him it is a way for him to look at this memory with his father in a different way and rather like he wasn't disappointed with him he was disappointed that he was going to become his father I guess I know it's like a happy ending for him regardless of whether or not they totally heist his brain so I don't know just thoughts Deep stuff, man. Deep yeah. stuff. Yeah. Good ending, though. Great ending. Great ending. Terrific. <laughs> Got us yeah, talking. It's like about... icon- it's one of those iconic endings. It's one of those yeah. endings that you, they'll be remembered for all time. Yeah, it's yep. a Shawshank Redemption ending for sure. Oh yeah. It, oh, one more thing though. <laughs> I definitely think that it took me because of all the years of just like south park videos that i've seen and other memes that i've seen about (laughs) about inception it took me like 20 minutes to really take the movie seriously when i put the disc in (laughs) and not and not be like this is a joke man (laughs) like i don't know it took me a bit but i finally got there and i was like oh i'm actually invested in this now so yeah anyways all right and i think that brings us to the end of our discussion of the film inception Corey, how do you think we did Wow. Amazing. Terrific. Would you say, wow. Wow. <laughs> I would. Peter, what do you, uh, how do you think we did? I think we did great. This may be the best episode you've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thank you very much. It's uh, the best recent episode we've ever done because 
by the time we put this out, it is the recent episode. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to make a joke. <laughs> it's not working. Um, great uh, episode, though. Great episode. Yep. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Good, good, good times. Good, good times. times. All right, it's time to move over to the part of the show where we give our arbitrary reviews because our opinions are all arbitrary because we are film discussers, not film reviewers. So, Corey, what is your arbitrary review for this film? I would give this film a continually spinning totem out of 10. What if it's like a teddy bear? Then keep spinning. It would just look like a breakdancing teddy bear. Hell yeah. That's a (laughs) sick totem. Yeah. Peter, what is your arbitrary review? Um, I give it three night terrors out of two falling dreams. (laughs) Very good. Very Very nice. Hey. B. McGee. Hey, what's going on, dude? What's your arbitrary review of this film? I'd give this film a Leonardo DiCaprio cannot grow a beard to save his life. Ayo! Bam! <laughs> From a dream state. Oh! Hey, not, not even in your dreams, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I think that brings us to the end of another episode of The Real Rant. Thank you so much, Peter, for coming on the show once again, and we would love to have you back as soon as possible because we don't really have a whole lot of guests right now. <laughs> hey, for sure. It was an honor. Thanks for having me back. It was always a delight and uh, looking forward to the next one. All right, Corey, is there one last word you'd like to say before we end the show? Totem. Peter, is there one last word you'd like to say before we end the show? Nightmare. And scene. <laughs>